Hello and welcome to Locked on Spartans for your Tuesday, October 30th, 2018. It is the day before Halloween. That is exciting. I am your host, Will Hunter, back with you for another daily episode of Locked on Spartans. And you remember, every Monday through Friday, every single day, we're talking Spartan athletics here on Locked on Spartans. Follow the show on Twitter at on Spartans. Follow me on Twitter at will underscore underscore hunter one l two underscores and email the show locked on spartans at gmail.com got a good show for you lined up today we're going to talk about uh michigan state's uh, closed door secret uh super secret scrimmage to uh lost to gonzaga uh, i don't know if you may have heard this you may not have heard it uh depending on how much you if you're a casual follower of michigan state athletics you may have missed this but uh msu played a closed-door scrimmage in Minnesota against Gonzaga uh, a few days ago, and like totally closed-door, like no one in the public, no media, um, but Brendan Quinn from The Athletic was able to squeeze some details out of some sources inside the program and has a really nice write-up, so we're going to kind of go over that a little bit and talk about uh, just what happened and if it matters, what ma- well, you know, what matters coming out of it, things like that. Uh, so we'll do that for two segments. Uh, first and second segment will be nice, quick segments talking about that. Uh, and then the third segment, I went back and rewatched uh, a good amount of the Michigan State Purdue game last night, and I just had some uh, secondary thoughts, uh, second viewing. It's uh, mostly on Rocky Lombardi and the offense, but uh, a couple other things as well. So we'll get to those, and then I'll I'll talk about the uh, poll results. From yesterday, they're very interesting. Like I said, um, the trend held pretty much with with people kind of uh, overreacting after Michigan and after Purdue, uh, equally in opposite directions. So I'll, I'll go over those and then introduce the uh, the new poll of the day for today's show, which is brought to you, of course, by Vivid Seats and Sling TV. All right, let's talk uh, first about this. <laughs> it's my it's like a new thing in college football this uh super secret uh closed doors scrimmage trend like teams are Michigan did this as well against Toledo uh and I I kind of love it in a way I wish we could see him I wish I could like sneak my way into whatever gym that they're playing in and watch it but it's really cool to be able to uh have these like preseason preseason games because we we do have exhibition games right uh, MSU plays Northern Michigan in, in a week, and then they open the season a week after that against Kansas. So there are exhibition games, but it's really, I think, beneficial just being able to, if you can find a team like Gonzaga or, um, or whatever, North Carolina, Villanova, Duke, someone, you know, someone that's really a, a well-regarded program that you're not going to play, that you rarely play, and if you can you know, make it work and meet up with them halfway before the preseason, I think it's super beneficial for everyone, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, smacking Northern Michigan by 40 points is only going to do so much. Your, your freshman will get a little bit more action, I guess. But, uh, this, yeah, just first, flatly, I really like this trend. It's starting to sort of take off, and overall I think it's a really positive experience. Now, uh, specifics of the game. So Michigan State played Gonzaga for what they did was two halves, and then two separate five-minute little mini-quarters uh, for freshmen and backups, you know, the walk-ons and stuff, to, to get a little bit of run to. 
So they pretty much played a game, score reset at halftime. Uh, Gonzaga is the number three team in the AP poll. They were like thirty-two, I think thirty-two and five last year, and lost in the Sweet Sixteen and and brought back the world. Uh, and one of one of if not their uh, best, <clears throat> one of if not their best players, Killian Tilly, didn't even play uh, for Gonzaga. So that's something to to note. Uh, but the Zags. Won both halves. The first one they won by about twelve points, and the second one uh, was a little closer. I think it ended up being a six or eight point, yeah, six point uh, Gonzaga edge. Uh, and this is going to shock all of you. Should just going to be shocking. Michigan State struggled with turnovers. Yep, turnovers and sloppy guard play early in the season. Can you believe it? I've never heard of that at Michigan State. Wow. Uh, yeah, Gonzaga wins the first 20-minute half, 58-46, to 46, and then 52-46 to 46 in the second half, which adds up to 110-92, to 92, um, which is uh, an exhibition score for sure. Gonzaga's good, but there's not a team in the world that's going to score 110 points on Michigan State, uh, I don't think, <laughs> unless there's uh, some huge defensive issues that we're not aware yet. Um <clears throat> Uh, another thing to to mention here, Kenny Goins, who is uh, started at the four and is the candidate to be the starter at the four uh, for for the beginning of the season, and and if he plays well, which you hope he does uh, throughout the season, he got hit in the head uh, like ten minutes into the game, into the first half of scrimmaging, and the, and they took him out as a precautionary measure, uh, and I did read that he is uh, back participating with. The team uh, in practices, like he's not, you know, there's no, <clears throat> no con- concussion concern or, or anything like that. He's he's back in the mix. So uh, yeah, I'm sure losing him didn't help with uh, the defense, uh, especially in the inside. Nick Ward is is a guy who's um, uh, needs to improve on the defensive end, and by all accounts, has taken steps to to do that this year. He's really everyone said he's him and Xavier Tillman have both slimmed down and are in better shape than last year, and that's going to be important because we all know the thing with Nick Ward is is his defense. And a, a source here, according to Brandon's piece in the Athletic, and if you're not following Brendan F. Quinn uh, on Twitter or subscribe to the Athletic, like. If you like, this is good MSU stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else, uh, and he's got a, a, just a ton of it. So it's just an absolute amazing source. Uh, but his source said uh, Nick Ward was quote a little better unquote uh, in his ball screen defense, which is like the thing they talk about. But Ward played 27 minutes, shot eight of ten from the field, had 22 and 12, uh, including four offensive rebounds, and that's you know. Uh, that's really encouraging. It's good to see that Xavier Tilton had uh, a really nice uh, a, a afternoon. It seemed he hit a three, which is like all right, cool. Um, uh, but it, it looks like he played well. Uh, the thing that is sort of not it's not concerning, right? Because we're used to it. But Cassius Winston, Josh Langford, and Matt McQuaid uh, did not play well, and uh, you know it's just a scrimmage. Right, but you're facing a top team, and Gonzaga is. Uh, I don't know if they're more talented than Michigan State. They might be, but they're, I mean they're at least like on the same plane talent level as Michigan State. But Gonzaga is is uh, ready for the season right now. Like they are experienced. And Michigan State has experience, but uh, none of its players 
are experienced in being the best player on the team. None of them are really experienced in being one of the top two players on the team. Uh, maybe Nick Ward, his freshman season, you could consider him the second best player, but you know they were always options three, four, and five. Uh, these guys and McQuaid even further down. So now having all those guys need to step up and to be options one, two, and three uh, between Ward, Winston, and Langford. Uh, there might be a little bit of an adjustment period. You're going to have to take more shots. You're going to have to create more. And so I'm not discouraged by, um, you know, by them turning the ball over 19 times in, in two halves. Like, that's kind of expected at this point. Uh, and it's even more, uh, you know, it just happens every freaking year, right? I mean, at some point, you would think something would happen to correct it, and it doesn't make sense why it happens every single year. But every single year from... Uh, November to, you know, like mid-January, Michigan State can't hold on to the ball. And so, you know, that'll get better. There are a lot of free throws in this game. A lot of free throws. Um, And so I think that's partly, uh, you know, this stuff is for officials too to get back in the swing of things. All right, we'll uh, keep going with this this scrimmage in the the second segment here. We'll talk a little bit more about if it means much, um, what we can take from it, if we can take anything from it. And get into a little, we'll talk about the freshmen too, because a few of them got some run, uh, one of them learned a lesson, and most of them didn't uh, really contribute in any sort of meaningful way. Uh, But first, a word from Vivid Seats. As I've been telling you about Vivid Seats for the last few weeks now, and it is the top source for tickets to all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice if you want to get to an MSU game. MSU game this year, the first place you got to go is Vivid Seats. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. It's easy. Just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, then use promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. And every purchase is backed by their 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. And we are expanding local sales in the Lockdown Podcast Network between myself, Lockdown Wolverines, Lockdown Lions, Lockdown Pistons. Uh, So if you are in charge of advertising for your local business and you are interested in that, email me at LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome back to... Locked on Spartans for segment two. We're going to keep going with this Gonzaga-Michigan State scrimmage. Um, first, I want to talk about like what can we sort of take from this, uh, if anything. Um, some things I think that are, are translatable or, or worth, I don't know, mentioning. Um, first, it is 
I guess, a, a slight positive that they were able to kind of hang with Gonzaga early in the season. We know Michigan State kind of has ups and downs early in the season, uh, and they generally get up for, you know, like the Champions Classic and things like that. They'll win some big games there, but, you know, we've seen them lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to and just be generally sloppy, uh, foul, a lot of fouls, not shooting the ball well, uh, and it takes them just a while to sort of get in their groove. So, I would say the fact that they kind of got beat up a little bit in the first half and then came back and were actually leading most of the second half, tied late, uh, and then Gonzaga hit some big threes to sort of pull it out there. I I think that is a decently encouraging sign. You know, you get beat up a little bit and then you come back and you're tougher in the second half. Uh, And that that stuff's going to get better. And that's we kind of expect that with Michigan State, right? You know, they're not... If there, there, there are a million different things, right? Uh, and one of those is always generally mentally tough. Like one, one time in 22 seasons or whatever with Izzo, there's been a team that kind of just didn't have it between the ears. Uh, and I don't expect that to be a situation with, with this team. I'm again, I, I'm not worried about Gonzaga shooting uh, 734 free throws. It wasn't that much. I think it was like... <laughs> Oh, the Gonzaga shot 36 free throws in the two halves. Um, I'm not super worried about that. Like I mentioned, it's uh, time for the officials. It's like those are the that's the first college game those officials have done since March. Uh, if they were even working in March, they probably were. But you know, it's it's everyone's shaking off the rust, right? So uh, I'm not overly worried about them falling so much. I don't. I mean, the one thing that I think. Uh, does concern me coming out of the scrimmage. Like generally, I think we can excuse and talk away every sort of thing that happened. It's in Michigan State in a negative fashion. But the one thing that does concern me is, is Matt McQuaid. Uh, he started at the three and shot it three times in 29 minutes, going uh, 0 for three. And he's, uh, I mean, he's a captain this year, and I don't, uh, I don't ever worry about Matt McQuaid's effort or his leadership or intensity or anything like that. And he can uh, he can defend on the ball pretty well. Uh, we'll see how it, it works at the three because he's, you know, he's defended a lot at the two and now he's going to be a small three. But I'm worried about him offensively. He's such, like, between him and Langford, there's a lot of streakiness to it. Um, you know, Cassius and, and Nick Ward are really the only two guys that consistently... Uh, bring it on offense that you'd kind of they're sort of money in the bank as long as Nick Ward is uh, mentally you know sticking with it and not getting into a fight with Izzo uh, and you know is invested in the game like him and Cassius are reliable but I worry about and I worry less about Langford because you see it uh, the flashes of his talent and his ability and, and I think he'll be able to start really putting it together now that he needs the ball more um, I'm worried about Matt McQuaid, and I'm hoping, uh, you know, I don't know, either he, you know, I don't know, uh, him starting and contributing offensively, if that's something that Michigan State's going to have to rely on, that, then I hope the, this Gonzaga game is just sort of a blip. Obviously, he's a good player, uh, but he can also be a really frustrating player at times. And I think he's better served in, in the type of role he was in last year, an off-the-bench spark guy who can come in and, you know, do that microwave thing, right? Heat up real quick, hit a couple of threes, and and bring some energy and intensity, which is what it does. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out throughout the season. Uh, if he settles into a starting role, 
uh, or if he's, you know, relegated to bench duty where he's still playing, you know, near 30 minutes, 26 to 30 minutes, but he's coming off the bench instead of starting the game. So we'll see with that. Um, that is one thing that did stick out to me. Everyone else kind of had stuff that is explainable, but Matt McQuaid shooting three times in 30 minutes uh, in a scrimmage is something that yeah, it's not a great sign to, to get going here in the early season. Aaron Henry played the most of the freshmen, and according to a source and Brandon's reporting, uh, he was clearly the most ready among Michigan State's five freshmen, and that's the report we've heard all offseason with Aaron Henry, right? Uh, he is the most ready among them in terms of just uh, game and size, uh, physicality. Like he doesn't look like a freshman. He's, he've, I've, you know, just like seeing pictures or like little clips from practice. Like, oh, okay, I get it. That dude looks like a junior who's twenty years old and is, you know, an athletic freak. So he only scored four and fourteen minutes uh, in the scrimmage, but he played really well in the little mini quarters. Uh, according to sources, uh, and let's see, yeah, Gabe Brown, <laughs> Gabe Brown is playing the three. He's another freshman. I uh, didn't play any power forward, uh, but Gabe Brown had an interesting experience. He played three, like he mostly. So most of the freshmen stuck to the actual two five-minute quarters. Aaron, like I said, Aaron Henry played fourteen minutes in the scrimmage, and, and that was by far the most. Uh, Gabe Brown got on the court for the first time and, uh, according to Brandon, about three seconds later caught the ball on the wing and just jacked a three-pointer uh, about five seconds into into his first go of it. Uh, he missed a three, and then he was immediately pulled. And it seems like Tom Izzo may have uh, taught him a lesson on the sidelines, uh, but he only played five, ended up playing five minutes in the scrimmage, going one for three. Uh, Marcus Binging, Marcus, I almost called him Marcus Binging, Binghamton, Marcus Bingham Jr., who is the uh, athletic kind of 6'10 guy, wingspan, shoot three, but is real thin right now, uh, and that's the big thing, uh, you worry about him, is is he physically, can he do it, and uh, he's not there yet, someone, uh, the, the Brandon's reporting says that Bingham was just physically over, uh, in over his head, and foster lawyer's uh, in that same boat as well. He had a couple of threes, but defensively he just uh, got worked a little bit. So not a ton uh, from the freshman. Thomas Kithier, we also need need to uh, mention, played four minutes in the in the main scrimmage, scored a couple of baskets, uh, and was apparently a pleasant surprise in the extra little freshman quarters. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I think he'll eventually end up being a player like in two years that you can rely on low post score and things like that. Uh, I don't anticipate a ton of contribution from him this year, but we'll see going forward. Uh, he's pretty clearly a skilled guy, uh, Thomas Kithier, and can, can get baskets in the post. So we'll see how he sort of looks down the line. But nothing really crazy jumps out. Nothing uh, unanticipated jumps out from that group of freshmen, I don't think. And I don't think anyone... like. I don't think it sounds like anything we didn't expect to sort of happen happened against Gonzaga, right? Struggle with turnovers like we always do. Uh, got into a little bit of foul, not trouble, but fouled too much. Wasn't weren't really shooting the ball well from three. Kind of sloppy on offense. A little sloppy on defense, right? You give up too many points. Um, 
And everyone sort of uh, did what they've always done. Nick Ward scored points. He got rebounds. Cassius Winston hit some threes. Had some assists, but turned it over too much. Uh, Langford hit some shots, missed some shots. Uh, McQuaid wasn't really uh, quite there. So, all in all, I don't think there's a ton to take from this. Uh, it's good to, like I said, get on the road, play uh, against a really, you know, a top three opponent in the country. Uh, and, you know, it's never bad to, to get beat by somebody, yeah, even if the game doesn't meet mean anything it's not bad to I should say it's it's often bad to lose but uh especially with Michigan State basketball if you, you get early season losses uh sometimes seem to to focus Tom Izzo teams it always seems to be one that you're like okay that's a good loss that's good for them to to lose and learn from so I don't think this is that uh, necessarily, but it's good to it's good for them to see like, hey, if you wanna if you wanna win the Big Ten, if you wanna compete late in the season, if you wanna make a run at a national championship or Final Four, like this is what you gotta get to. You gotta be able to beat this team that you just lined up against. So it's good to see, uh, and hopefully they'll do more in the future. All right, we're gonna finish up the show in a little bit talking uh, MSU football, a little bit of Rocky Lombardi on my second watch uh, of the game, but first a word. From Sling TV, guys, you don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And I, if you're like me, then you were just sick and tired for paying for 20, 30, 40 channels. You got 100,000 channels in your package, your cable package, and you only want to watch like three of them because all you want to watch is college football. Well, Sling TV has got your back. It is the best way to watch college football. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. And you can stream on all your devices, from your big screen down to your smartphone. And there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And listeners to this show can sign up right now and get a 7-day free trial of Sling TV. It's easy. Just go to sling.com slash lockdown. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash lockdown. Get signed up. Get that 7-day free trial. And after that, it's $30 a month. And like I said, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sling.com slash Lockdown. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And guys, the NBA season is cooking right now. Did you see, like, Clay Thompson, my God, scored like 52 points in three quarters, and he didn't even play the last four minutes of the third quarter or the fourth quarter. Like, what the, what, what are you supposed to do against the Warriors? Anyway, if you didn't know about that, or if you missed that, a great way to have caught up with that information is Locked on NBA, right? This is quickly becoming everyone's favorite national NBA podcast. It's daily, just like this show. You know, quick 30-minute or so episodes covering everything that's going on in the NBA. If you are looking for a new NBA podcast, Locked on NBA is the podcast for you. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NBA. All right, welcome back to our third and final segment here. Uh, Lockdown Spartans on a Tuesday. Clubs going up on a Tuesday. Podcasts going up on a Tuesday. Um, that was terrible. So I, I did a second viewing of the Michigan State-Purdue game. Big news, guys. I finally got internet at my new house. I moved a few weeks ago. Didn't have internet, was using a mobile hotspot, and it was just a disaster. <laughs> but we finally got internet and back in the 21st century, so I was able to finally stream a game for, for a repeat viewing. So I watched last night Purdue and Michigan State just to sort of get the feel of 
Uh, like Lombardi's performance a little bit and kind of the offense as a whole. Uh, and I wanted to watch a couple of things on defense, like that freaking Tyreek Thompson hit. My God, that was amazing. Uh, and they just, like, there was, uh, right before the field goal block, it was maybe the play of the game. They were third and seven. Purdue was in third and seven. And Michigan State, they threw a little swing pass to Rondell Moore. And all season long, Rondell Moore has taken that and gone at least, like, 12 yards. Like, he always gets that first down. He caught the ball in space. Uh, he always gets that first down, but as soon as he caught the ball, he was literally swarmed by four guys, like, in all four directions, and he didn't even have the option to juke. He just had to run straight into them. Like, there was nowhere for him to go. It was amazing. And that's what resulted in the fourth and three, and that's a little too long to go for it. Brom had to kick, and Mike Panashuk uh, snuck his way through the middle of the, the field goal unit and, and got his paw on the ball. So that was another thing I wanted to watch that last drive. Uh, but I started out just kind of going through the offensive series for Michigan State. And the absolute first thing I noticed, it was a slant route that Lombardi threw. And the cameraman uh, starts, you know, is on the quarterback. And then they jump to the receiver. Like, it was a 10-yard route. And the cameraman lost the ball on the way to the receiver. Uh, because Lombardi threw it so damn hard. Like, <laughs> Uh, I said yesterday that the first thing that jumped out was how strong his arm was. Um, uh, in person, it absolutely was just their howitzers. Like, he was chucking the ball. Uh, but on television, like, that first throw took everyone by surprise because the cameraman was not ready for that. He lost a slant, a 10-yard slant. After that, they were on it. They're like, okay, live arm here. Uh, but I saw that, and then he, oh, man, he airmailed uh five throws that uh, none of them are necessarily difficult throws, but I think, and part of it is, you know, his, like it was his second pass. It was a corner route to uh, Cam Chambers, I think, and he had him open, and the timing was perfect, and he just sailed it. Like, he juiced the throw, uh, and then he threw a, a swing pass two yards over Brandon Soward's head, which uh, he nailed one later in the game. Like, that's a swing pass. You should nail it. And Soward's made a good play on it uh, on the catch and run. But Lombardi, absolutely, like, he, you could tell like, he was just, um, just just chucking it. Like, that's how he got himself into the game. was like, I'm just going to go out here and throw the ball as freaking hard as I can, uh, and we're going to get into this game. <laughs> and so he sailed a few. Uh, the Justin Lane one, seeing a replay that Justin Lane almost touched down was just like, uh, and he had time to, uh, and he threw it on a freaking rope, 40 yards. And it's just like, if he takes a little bit off, it puts a little bit more air under it. It's, it's in. Um, but then the second miss to lane was even worse on the deep ball. Uh, one thing that was super impressive to see with him, uh, he threw into spots that he necessarily shouldn't have just because the coverage was, there to prevent a completion or, or pick the ball off, but he his arm was strong enough that he was able to, you know, get it through. Like what should have been a defended pass, the the linebacker I'm thinking of like a slant. The linebacker twenty one didn't have time to to get there. His arm was outreached and it went right past him for a first down, and he was just mad as hell. Uh, I watched him on the replay just like stomping his feet into the ground because he couldn't believe like he was in position and the ball just got by him because he wasn't fat like it was too fast for him to react to and so that's nice to have but we know guys can get over reliant on their strong arms uh 
And there was a couple times where he threw balls that he should not have thrown and got away with it because he has a live arm. So you take the good with the bad there. Like Hopefully, uh, if he continues to play, that he's you know he's can get through and, and make some some decision mistakes and, and be bailed out by his talent but you hope that the decisions uh, start to get better eventually all right let's wrap up the show here with our unsponsored poll of the day results from yesterday um, it was just a win expectation for the rest of the season and shockingly not shockingly but shockingly uh, with 151 votes, 57% picked 8 to 9 wins. Second was 30% with 7 wins. So 87% uh, are thinking 7 to 9 wins for this team for the rest of the season at, just after last week. More than half were at 6 or 5 or less. Like 6 or less, basically. More than half of the poll last week was at 6 or less. Uh, and things just totally flipped this week. So not, uh, not crazy because, you know, when you win and your record changes and it looks better, then, you know that happens but the 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 mood around this team has changed and and I think a lot of people are now looking forward to going into Maryland and hopefully being able to beat a team that you should beat Uh, I think they're three-point favorites or something like that but Maryland's been looking good lately Uh, we'll be talking more about them as we get into the rest of the shows this week Matt Hapner will be by tomorrow's film room and and Sheehan will be back Friday with his picks so be sure to look out for that follow the show on Twitter at Spartans uh, follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Email the show LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Uh, search us out on Facebook. Subscribe to the show. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes, all that good stuff. And thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all the new listeners giving the podcast a try. Uh, we will be back Wednesday, uh, late morning, early afternoon, somewhere in there, 10, 11 o'clock, with a new episode. Uh, until then, go green. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code super 24.